0: Mind. all right we so are back for another week season two episode two of our podcast ask mom and dad and i'm sitting here with the lovely and still married to me for some reason tanya sawyer and i'm glad that she's still sitting down with me and talking how are you doing today tanya
1: i'm doing okay
0: we had an interesting conversation last week about Difficult topics in the news, which persist even until this week, it seems. Every day,
1: yep, it does.
0: And people will say, "What do protests create and upheaval?" I guess to use the word, in the society, is an upheaval. Well, it obviously gets us all talking about what causes the upheaval. So, in that, there is, um, there is benefit to us to say, "What is it that has happened here, and what do we need to?" Um, do moving forward with life and I think that's the biggest thing that I'm concerned about my my world has all been messed with what do we need to do to move forward in life and to begin to make a difference in our world I mean we honestly came into this conversation today with no topic of particular we just kind of I just said to Tanya let's just sit down and talk and and she's like okay (laughs) and so here we are as I mean that's just what's on my mind um and I'm not so sure that I want to dig into that too deeply right now. What, what about you? What's on, what's on your mind today?
1: Um, I don't know. There's been a, a few different Bible study topics that going through my mind, but there was a scripture I was trying to, trying to locate in uh, Ecclesiastes, which is one of the most interesting of the, uh, biblical poetic books, I guess, as, um. As regards to this applies to all of life, kind of, everybody's seen this or done this. There was uh, passage that went through my mind that I thought it would be fun to talk about, but um,
0: you cannot find it.
1: I can't find it at the moment.
0: What was it about, though? I mean, just
1: well, it was basically, and it's probably be pretty easy to look up. I just didn't have a chance to real quick, but um, that what what the way it put it, something like. Um, what is, has been, what will be, has already been, and what, um, I don't know, has been, will be, or something else, like one of those crazy ones. And I, um, found it interesting, because I, my mother and I like talking about the end of times, and, uh, I think previous generations have concentrated on that a lot more than we do these, these years for some reason, or these generations do. Maybe it's because it was taught to them, as kind of a refuge, you know, a place mm-hmm. to to hope for, um, that Jesus would come back before our lifetime was over and that he would rescue us. You know, I think the Israelites always looked for a rescuer and still do, thinking that in their lifetime, Paul, like we has been referenced before in his lifetime, seems to have thought Jesus would return and rescue them from the current crisis or the current struggle or... You know and it could be everything from governmental struggles and being under the oppression of a literal uh, evil you know nation or it could be of oppressive type of things in the society they lived in being that they you know in Paul's time there were all kinds of uh, oppressed workers of every sort or there was you know Paul himself was persecuted just for his faith his own belief system was seen as a Something to be um used against him I just well
0: Ecclesiastes is a is a I didn't mean to interrupt you I'm sorry, do you want to finish your thought No let's say Ecclesiastes is fascinating it's Ecclesiastes one nine is what you're looking for um, it says uh what has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done. there is nothing new under the sun yeah and um
1: I've heard there's nothing new under the sun had not for some reason knew the beginning part of that. So I thought that sounded more interesting. <laughs>
0: yeah, when you put it together, I mean, it's the beginning of the passage. So yeah. for those of you who may not know or be familiar with the context of Ecclesiastes, um Solomon has um been, been on the throne for some thing. time now. He's the when he was given the opportunity as a young boy to um, to have anything he wanted as the next king after David, um he asked God for wisdom. And he is known in as the smartest man who ever lived or the wisest man who ever lived. And there's some notable stories in the Old Testament, like when a couple of women brought a baby to them and had an argument over whose baby it was because one had died in the night and rolled over it. He um, proposed a wager that he cut the baby in half. And the one both woman, one woman said, then give it to her. And the other woman said, go ahead and cut it in half. And he, de- he derived from that that the woman that was willing to give up the child was truly the mother. Um, and so he creates. He was good at arbitrating situations, but then he writes. Well, looks like okay. it, go ahead.
1: And it's isn't it questioned in history whether or not that was actually his writing? Is that is that still controversial whether or not that story? He no Ecclesiastes.
0: Ecclesiastes, um, the teacher. I don't know. It's That's, I mean, to him, but you know, admit on in a microphone. I don't know, but yeah, I've always attributed it to him. Um, well, he's, he's been known to be the one who wrote Ecclesiastes or the teacher. Um, or, and song of songs and, uh, and m- much of the proverbs to me, I think where you have a mixture of teachers is in the proverb, but whoever wrote it, Solomon is traditionally the writer. Um, and, uh, and he refers to himself as the teacher in this, this past, in this thing. And, and it's a very cynical look.
1: It's a, yeah, depressive almost at times. The, some of the passages that are, are better or when he comes to and all his vanity, all his vanity, or whatever, and then he says, but fear God, that's the only thing really worth it. Um, at least you can tell he comes back to some sort of square. Okay, well, and all that, you know. But it does. It's almost oppressive because it seems as if there's no point to life from his viewpoint. And yet, to say um, the only thing really worth it in this life is to fear God and to. Um, Uh, lift up your brother, or whatever. I forgot how we put that. So anyway, I think it's an interesting pass. It's an interesting book because it does apply to a lot of life. But that one kind of statement makes me think. So just like what's going on politically now, we've seen these things before. We've faced them before. They're in different forms every time they come up. All the types of things that. Uh, we face our, you know, they're always a different angle on it, it seems like. So I'm, I'm curious about, uh, I don't know, well, like I said, my mom and I have discussions about the end of, end of times and how much of the political slash even natural climates and stuff point to there being a rescue, a time of... Um, a literal time of either rapture, the church to leave the planet and let all the evil basically have its way or at least for God to be making himself known through that, which we see the movies about that, which are interesting and um, thought-provoking, I think, because there's lots of different theories on that type of thing. But, and it's in our nature to want to be caught up out of this silliness, out of this... What seems to be ridiculousness that doesn't give us a way, an easy way out, doesn't make us seem like it's an easy um, answer, even to you know our national, our national climate for so long has been. It's been. Well, for so long to me in our country, it's been about freedom. It's been about. Um, creating a society that was better really than nearly every that I'm aware of society that's ever been created based on the fear of God and based on um, the the point of freedom to fear God to choose you know your worship your platforms of whatever but because of that to be free to worship God as well and so some of those things seem like they're on the brink of either being taken away from us, or being changed so much that we can't, that we can't see what's going on, or then there's, um, or, you know, how to get out of it, or there's stuff like we I was saying, um, the Bible indicates that the end of times will also come with a lot of different uh, natural disasters, and we've seen a lot of that as well, and it kind of seems to build some, so then you go back to this passage that says, well, it's kind of always been this way, and it'll all, I'll come back around, you know, kind of, Mm -hmm. Keeps coming around. And we have seen some horrible times in our country's history and in our world's history. There's been some really, really um, devastating treatment of mankind and ways of... uh, uh, That were, you know, a lot worse to me to be on the planet at the time. So at this time... Pipe in if you want to. I'm listening to you. I'm sorry. At this time in the world, there's a lot of weird things that definitely have never happened before, such as the global media has, you know, drawn us all together. The Internet has caused it so that everyone can kind of hear this. A news report can almost happen literally simultaneously in every part of the world it seems like because of the internet or because of i think
0: i don't know that there's any less um evil in the world um i think there's just a whole lot more um awareness because we can do that and that's seeable so in reality i think that the biggest thing that we're dealing with right now as much as it's cool like you were you were um, saying it's it's neat to talk about uh End of the world, you know things that are apocalyptic. The apocalypse is now. Um, okay, so it was a bad movie. Anyway, the apocalyptic uprisings or whatever. Um, the world seems a lot worse, but I don't think that it is a lot worse. I think you know we're not seeing atrocities on scale of. You know, I know people like to call people Nazis and all kinds of things, but we don't even have a, most, especially young generation, doesn't have a real fathoming idea of what Nazi Germany was like. And we've even gone ahead to, um, so we're glor, glor um, oh goodness. I can't think of the word glorify is the words coming to my mind. Glorify the idealism or idealistic ideas of the war. Whereas, you know, people who had romanticized going in and killing Hitler and stuff that didn't actually happen. Um, But, you know, we don't see it as seriously and as solemn as the people who actually lived through those times. Um, And back then, you know, they would know what happened overseas sometimes for days. And then if you go back to the Civil War, as I ramble on about war history for a second, (laughs) you know, that was the first time a battle had been fought with the modern invention of the telegraph and where hmm. um, Northern generals were able to communicate across wire with, their, um, with other generals in order to be able to synchronize attacks. Uh, those kinds of things were, were, um, were new and that also allowed for reporting and things like that to get news articles and stuff across and out to the, out to people. But it would still sometimes be days, weeks before people actually heard news. And just like today, the news that was heard was spun or sensationalized in such a way that told a greater story than may actually have been what was going on. Um, Mm -hmm. So is it the end times? Well, it depends on how sensational you're hearing the stories. I mean, if you're using Twitter as your source of news, (laughs) then yes, the world is coming to an end. I'm pretty sure (laughs) Apocalypse happened on Twitter already. And everyone's come back to life, and all that kind of crazy stuff. I know Twitter is still in the midst of destroying the world, Mm -hmm. Um, and so I I don't know. No, that gets. I mean, you're looking for something there. You, we were. What were you thinking about?
1: No, I just. uh, um, I think it's interesting. History interests me anyway. History stories, historical context, historical things—they've always been uh fascinating I haven't been that great of a historical student when I was in my early ages but I love history recently I've been really interested in old English history of the the angles and the Saxons and the whatever the that area and the early Romans and such but um but what we've seen is that history does kind of repeat itself it comes to it seems to come to a almost like a climactical area where it seems the world's going to implode but then usually it's it births something new or something different it does definitely change and a lot of the people that are in the midst midst of it do probably feel like i mean people that live through the dark ages they must have thought they were living in the apocryphal area or whatever or that's not the word what's the word Ap- uh, apocalyptic. apocalyptic because they uh it sounds as if it was really a time a, such a lawless time and a time where it was you know, people literally didn't know what was going on in half the world, and the Roman Empire had collapsed, and all that was what they had understood about structure and given them probably a little bit of security was all kind of gone. So I feel like those things have, have happened. I don't think that that will happen again to that extreme, um, probably until God releases sort of the last, the prophetic times. But there's a lot of prophecy that has already been fulfilled and has done has come through and and kind of done its own work again and again you know so i'm just saying i think it's interesting to think of we say um uh, to me i think of historical things kind of like we say about salvation you know we're we're saved when we give our lives to jesus when we turn repent and, and come back to him and then we're being saved as we're every day experiencing different things and, and letting Him grow us and teach us and being sanctified, you know. And then we're going to be saved when He rescues us and for eternity, spending eternity with Him, you know. So it's almost like history's a little bit that way, too. It, it's happening, it will happen, and it'll happen again, you know. And then ultimately, it still seems like.
0: Well, I mean, okay, so then you bring that up. That, that makes me think of Ecclesiastes again, because, you know, if you think about. Um, that, let's see, Ecclesiastes 5, let me look that up real fast because I have my computer Bible in front of me, where it says there is, um, if you see oppression of the poor and perversion of justice and righteousness in the province, don't be astonished at the situation because one official protects another official and a higher official protects them. I mean, that's just political corruption. It's nothing new. And so anyone who's a student of scripture shouldn't be surprised when... Things happen and like you said things that have happened before are going to happen again and and one of the things i guess that's the fortune and somewhat misfortune to admit that we're just older than we were (laughs) um i was telling someone the other day i said you know the thing that kind of happens in your 20s is everything's new and fresh and you're experiencing life and it's all an exciting thing in your 30s you start to kind of have this stinking suspicion that you've seen some of this before Mm -hmm. and um and then when you get into your uh to your 40s you know that something's looping around and by the time you hit your 50s you're like going, okay this is round three <laughs> because you're watching people make the same mistakes generationally over and over you begin to see cycles in life and and mm-hmm. it's it goes more from um, a sense of experienced wisdom and wisdom wisdom can, is available to all of us as believers. But wisdom by its nature is, is the ability, through our experience, to distill the knowledge that we have and make a right application of it. Um, the Holy Spirit of God in a Christian gives us the capacity sometimes to do things that's beyond what we should be able to do, show wisdom beyond. Like we, and we, we talked about Solomon. He's a good example of that. He was able to show wisdom beyond his years because he asked God for wisdom, Right. So other than a supernatural thing, there's a natural wisdom that happens just with experience. If someone's just, for lack of a better word, paying attention, <laughs> um, and they have some good foundationals um, to launch off of, the thing that, that stabilizes you and I is our foundations in Scripture allow us to see things with a, with a, um, a solid platform with which we stand on. Uh, a good foundation, that's the word, a solid platform.
1: Yeah, which causes basically us not to panic and think the world's over because things have changed or things are going weird or haywire or whatever. But like I was saying earlier, I think my mom really enjoys seeing the rest of these things kind of pile up to mean that God is going to rescue his people because so many upheavals and so much now of the, the prophecy that says... Um, Good will be counted as evil And evil as good Basically it's, I mean it's going to be So switched around That so many will be deceived And to think You know The wrong direction So we see all these things And then the wars And rumors of wars And we have The earthquakes And diverse places There's so many different things About the signs That we were supposed to watch for That that, I think That Jesus told us You know Watch for these signs Because and, But then And then he says The time will not yet be there But keep watching Basically you know So I think that We're to To hang on and see that as our hope. Our ultimate hope is that this world is not what we're about. That there are so many things going on around us that are confusing and and discouraging sometimes. Hopeless at times. And make you feel like... I mean, I get discouraged when I think of the political climates. Because I know that there are some things that need to happen. It seems as if if to me. um, To protect, you know, some of the freedoms we have. Or some of the rights we have. Or whatever. And then I and I see the potentials on the other side, and I think how um, bad it could be or how bad it could go. But those still things, I was telling um, our daughter, Micaiah, the other day, but we can't know the future, and we can't worry about the future. The Bible says today has enough worries of its own, don't really worry about tomorrow. True. So the things that are happening right this moment are the things I'm supposed to deal with, things I'm supposed to try to make the wisest decisions about let god direct us me in you know whatever the things that are happening further away that i can't be involved in or on like you're saying that i'm hearing about but that i might not be able to do anything about take them to prayer be concerned be watchful but don't be overly worried or or concerned because there's nothing you can do micaiah herself is has a bigger voice. She's got some people that probably she'll be talking to that'll be a little bit more able to speak into some of the turmoil that's going on currently. So we're trying to advise her. We don't seem to have that platform right now, which is fine. Not something for us to be concerned about when it comes. You know, it might be there. But the other thoughts are to me that God has told us, you know, redeem the time for the, the days are evil. They're it's a given they're they're evil you know they're gonna be going downhill (laughs) and redeeming the
0: time means not losing your mind yeah (laughs) that's almost a rhyme the uh the uh what i mean by that is you know you're the theme that you're coming off of is you know we're trying to advise our our daughter on how she can and what she's wanting is how can i be a voice of calm in this cultural storm that we're in the midst of right now and um so there's been this this ongoing conversation, and part of that is having a sense a, a sense of of surety, not security, but surety mm-hmm. that someone's in control, right? Um, because the world is is like a tornado out there right. Um, right now, and I mean it's it it gets a little bit better every week, but I mean it's not. <laughs> I mean we've not seen racial tensions in our culture at um, at this level at least on fire in quite some time. Um, and it doesn't help that, you know, in the midst of trying to quell them, other other s- stupid things happen that make mm. make it more. Um, and again, social media has fueled that fire. It's literally a gasoline. When you have a the situation that happened in Atlanta last week where a police officer, you know, was trying to help deal with someone in a drive through and there was uh, couldn't been more less than 20 cameras. At that place, there was not just the security cameras and the body cameras of the police. There was everyone in that drive-through filming the entire thing. So the DA has got all the information they need, and they're going to try and prosecute this case as a murder. And um, and people are up in arms about it. And and I mean, if I when I'm looking on you know the Apocalypse site, also known as Twitter, <laughs> um, and I can see. A hundred different opinions, even even black opinion people who are people who are black who have an opinion that it was a that it was not necessarily um, that it had questionable things and no nobody really. You have people who are saying this is the way it was because I saw it on thirty different angles on a camera, <laughs> and you have people who say this is the way it was because I'm coming from a different point of view, and the camera doesn't always tell the truth. And then you got other people who are saying, you know, there's a reason we have a justice system, mm-hmm. and um and the tough thing is, and I and I get it. The toughest thing is is, um I and then there's the guy that I I heard today, um and that Micaiah told me about, and it was a um a black wealth manager. His job is is or his job is helping black people overcome poverty and, and build wealth. And, um, and his entire point was, uh, he made a statement. Um, I'm losing his name right now off the top of my head, but he made a statement, um, right after the first series of riots broke out. He said that I can be nervous and I am, I'm nervous when a police officer pulls me over and comes up to my car. Um, and I'm thinking who isn't when you get pulled over I mean I mean yeah, I'm, I'm right. not exactly. I'm not living in the shoes of, a, of someone of color, right. but I, I mean I mean everyone's like what did I do yeah, there's, you know there's um, but he said, but I'm not afraid and I think this is what's important because I think that's a differentiation. I don't know that I'm afraid for my life when a police officer pulls me over. Right. I'm nervous that I'm gonna get a ticket. You know, and I'm sure I did something stupid, Mm -hmm. but I don't think he's going to yank me out of the car and taser me or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's the culture that um, black Americans seem to be living in right now and have been living in and not just right now. It's been it's been an issue that's trying. We're trying to overcome as a culture. How's that? That's a better way to put Mm -hmm. it, I think. And um, but he said, I'm not afraid because I'm not going to let any man have that kind of control over me. Mm He said, and then he turned and he began to talk about his faith in God saying, God is the one who's going to take care of me. And he can change the heart of that officer before he ever approaches my window. It's my responsibility to, to," and then he talks about other things. He gets into, you know, how he should react and what he thinks about those things. And that that was a really, it was cool to see because I think it goes back again to the benefit of what it means for us to be people of faith. Um, We believe that there is a higher authority who ultimately is going to judge the world. And in that judgment, all of this inequity, inequity, injustice, equity, I guess, is going to be righted. The, the, the idea of justice okay. is a wrong being made right. Things being brought into line. And the Bible promises us as Christians that things are going to be made right again. And we look to that, which means that we can live through a present injustice, mm-hmm. understanding that justice will come. Now, does that mean we don't fight for justice? Now, absolutely not. It just means that we can fight for justice in our smaller circles and deal with the things wherever you know different people have different spheres of influence, mm-hmm. um, and we need to to fight for justice in the justice in the way that we can. You know, someone who's got a huge amount of followers on Instagram as a social influencer or whatever—they've got a huge a lot of people listening to them, so they have a responsibility for what they're going to say next. Um, this guy that we talked to—he's got about one hundred and twenty-six thousand. YouTube followers, but he made a statement on Instagram and, um, and, uh, he didn't make it all about his YouTube show, which is about building wealth. He made a comment in his private Instagram place. Um, so he he's reaching his followers and he's making statements and he's expressing his grief as well as expressing his faith in God. I'm, I'm rambling a little bit here, but, but I, I think that, you know, the thing that I want, uh, to be telling people as a, as a person of faith, as a pastor, as a Christian, someone who believes in Jesus and that he promised to come back and restore the world, that I am going to tell you that Jesus hasn't returned yet. So this present this present torture, this present difficulty um, is something that we may have to persevere through and look to overcome. I mean, we didn't leave Hitler in place. We mm-hmm. overthrew, right. we overthrew um, corruption and tyranny, and I think we should do that. I'm not saying that's not a thing. I'm just saying that there are people who lived through that tyranny and had no control and no opportunity. People like Corey Tim Boom and other um, Jewish people who thought they were going to die. And then one day Americans walked in and they didn't, um, but who held out hope anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to be the person that holds out hope and says, my God is able to change a heart in a moment. And as a result of that. I'm going to have hope and not live in despair. It does, but does mean no good to have someone captivate my heart and put fear in me so I'm useless.
1: Yeah, that's right. There's so much of the mantras that want to capitalize on fear, and that's what we have to dispel but it it does come back to because we have a god that we can cry out to and believe in that and trust that knows more than we can see and understands bigger than we can you know i think of a tv show where you can watch the characters playing out a certain scenario and you know the truth and they don't know it and you just you want so badly to scream at the tv just wait just wait hold out don't don't you know don't whatever because you can see that they just need to trust and hold on to it's just well written because it's true for us when we can't see like god can see the full picture of what's going on He's asked us to trust him. He's asked us to get away, you know, draw back from our individual situations, our specific, um, uh, whatever, right in front of our face, kind of burdens, you know, to draw back and trust him that those will be taken care of. Like you're saying, his he will get the ultimate vengeance, but but it is ours to leave it to him because there's so many different things that. We can't know, like you're talking about the cameras, we can't know all the angles. We really don't know the truth. We really can't even really know the full truth, even in watching something completely, you know, in front of our eyes. We always have a perspective that's limited. So um, I'm just, I'm agreeing with you. I think that the bottom line for us to have peace or to draw peace from... uh, from this world from this moment these whatever is not to see and look at what's going on but to look at one who knows what's going on you know i was flipping through um just a couple of passages here and i just i wanted to read first of all it's interesting when god uses bible says he uses all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose who who look for his purposes and things is the way i believe it um because this, this just caught my attention. On that day, there will be an altar to the Lord in the center of the land of Egypt and a pillar to the Lord near the border. It will be a sign and a witness to the Lord of hosts in the land of Egypt when they cry out to the Lord because of their oppressors. Of course, he's talking about um, the Israel at the time of their, uh, I think, at least a little bit of the time of their slavery in Egypt. But it says, the Lord will strike Egypt, striking and healing then they will return to the Lord and he will hear their prayers and heal them. When he does the striking, he also does the healing. In other words, the allowing both at the same time. We can't see both going on, but both is going on. There's misery and then there's also healing. But but he tells us that whenever righteousness happens, the result of righteousness will be peace. The effect of righteousness will be quiet confidence. Then my people will dwell in a peaceful place and in a safe and restful dwelling. So I think the bottom line, like we just said, is when we're looking for him, when we're trying to find his purposes and things. We're not always going to see all the, the right things in the right way, but we're going to find peace. We're going to find his peace
0: right. in
1: the midst of the storm, in the midst of the craziness, in the midst of the chaos. He will be there. He will be peace for us. He will be a rock. He's promised to be a literal. <laughs> I'm picturing the. You know the rapids or whatever. There's a rock. If I can hang onto that rock in the middle of those rapids, I'm stable. I'm safe. I'm. I can handle this for a little bit, not forever. But he'll he'll know what to do after that. You know, <laughs> take care of me after that. Anyway,
0: I'm curious. Just on a um, note, how has because uh, <laughs> being quarantined, my office is pretty isolated. You're going to work now. You're back into the workforce. Have you? How are you dealing with some of the things? Has it been a conversation around the office? I don't know if we talked about this last week or not, but some of the turmoil in this world is it kind of you know do you it, feel like people are in is it causing without i mean I'm not calling names do you feel like there's there's anxiety and that sense of we're talking about peace mm-hmm. is there a peace in general around you and the people that you're experiencing i mean you've got people coming in to get um to to see the doctor and yeah. you've got your own staff around you what what is your experience i there? don't
1: feel like people have let it rock them really i we've been a little bit more isolated here probably than i expected to actually because seattle's so close but I think people are doing their jobs. They're working hard. They're the most they're feeling is still the effects of some of the withdrawing from the COVID stuff. Those, yes, we could do a whole show on place. COVID too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we did a little bit, didn't we? Didn't we? I don't know. That's just in passing. Um, we, I, I have asked them, "How are you handling the chaotic? You know, world's a little crazy right now." Um most of every response has been really more about they they're concerned about their own health, which is why they come they're they're concerned about uh, getting back to kind of a normal mindset. but I think even I think even the people of color that we have coming in are really trying to n- kind of ignore it, not not get it too involved in it, especially if they've got a good what what I'm perceiving as a healthy family life, I have you know healthy work ethic and things that are just normal for them. they don't seem to be rocked by it, which I'm really glad for that. And but most of the people that come into my the place where I work tend to be about my age a little bit younger and a little bit older. So I think what's happening now is this like you said, the 20-somethings, maybe almost 30s that want to speak out, they want a voice, they want to they're indestructible. They want to change the world. But like you said, they don't have experience to know that, well, these things are more than you think they are. They're bigger in some ways, lesser in some ways, and we'll deal with them the way we've needed to deal with them, you know, uh, whatever it might be. Through voting, We, you know, it's important for you to vote. It's important for us to have a, a say. It's important for us to speak to our representatives and some of that stuff. But it's also important for us to listen, listen and mm-hmm. hear people and hear where they're personally struggling Thankfully, I have not encountered that too much other than just some normal life struggles, people that are sick, people that are, you know, trying to avoid being sick. And
0: Yeah, I've, I'm kind of part of me is eager to go out and, you know, drive a little Uber and Lyft. Um, just I haven't driven in, in months, mm-hmm. a couple of months now, it seems like. And I that was always cool for me just because it's a way I could take a pulse of the community. And since all this has gone on, I haven't been able to do that. I mean, the curfews and things like that make anyone who's driving those, those services just go, why bother? Mm -hmm. Um, and so the, uh,
1: it will be interesting to see. I'm curious. I want to ask a lot of
0: questions about it. I mean, everything's changed with COVID now we got to wear masks and you know, I'm, I'm relatively mask averse. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm kind of like, ah, stay home. You know, there's places I won't even don't even go shop right now because they want masks to be I'm worn, and kind I'm kind of like I don't want to do that.
1: That my <sighs> office, the the job that I work at, really is a little bit more removed from it because I don't know that I I'm not able to engage those kind of conversations really very deeply. It's probably good because it would be more of a counseling session than I'm able to have, or more of a you know to listen and hear their stress, but they're not. Like I said, that's not immediate on their minds, which I'm glad. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, so far,
0: so far, 2020 has been one month after the Super Bowl. <laughs> so what? February first week in February, COVID became a thing, mm-hmm. and now we're almost a month into, or almost two months into racial
1: mm-hmm.
0: strife. So so far, we have had racial and oh, and to speak of that too, it to, has
1: it been two almost
0: it was May. I mean, we're not quite two was It was yeah, a month. We're almost a month into it. Um, and so when you think about that, we talked earlier about social media being able to get around the world. Someone said that, um, that the largest protest ever was the one that they had a couple of Saturdays ago where the entire world was protesting because uh, they were marching for the George, George Floyd and uh, for racial equality because they could network worldwide. Because the entire of the, world. The, well, across the, all the major cities, I mean, London, Italy, um, uh, in uh, Rome and in in uh, in somewhere in Germany, <clears throat> what kind Berlin, of- I think, and uh, they were mm-hmm. all doing uh, police, oh, all that, all the I stuff that seen. was going on. You know, the the Black uh, Tuesday. All, That's not what that was. No, what, that was a Tuesday. It said was, it was a Saturday. It was the following Saturday oh, after okay. Black Tuesday, I believe. And um and so, but there's so we're able to amass these huge things. So if you're young, I mean, I talked about wisdom earlier. Mm-hmm. If you're young and you've never seen any of this ever before. It's got to be mortifying. It's got to be, you know, yeah, th- to think so. the world is coming apart if you're in, in the
1: your- '70s. There was all kinds of weird upheavals, huh? Like, um, you know, right after Martin Luther King, felt like there was like the whole uh, love culture stuff. I forgot what all that was. So, I guess it's about time for there to be some odd, to me, cultural upheavals. That, well, that are probably so you're saying, are you saying their, that maybe
0: it's, a chance, it's an opportunity for us to revisit and say where we've been and where things we haven't <laughs> addressed?
1: Maybe, or I'm just saying um, the way the world goes, it seems like about every, I don't know, few years, you know, that's been about 20 years, I guess. 20 or 30 years or something that, yeah, that comes up as if it's either not been dealt with correctly or it needs to be front and center again Or something's about to change. Like, from my perspective, God's maybe going to take a different angle, maybe on the way he's spreading the gospel or maybe the the way the Christians are speaking out. Or, you know, in in the past and way past, it would have been the way the political climate took uh, whatever scientific things and Christianity mixing that together. And, And sometimes there were martyrs and sometimes there were, you know, major shifts in scientific thought that took it closer to. Understanding of God, and sometimes, but it always seems to be spiritual in nature. And I think that's what it will end up even here. Um, God will use it one way or another, He will use it. But also, is it possible that it's Him stirring it up? I think that's what I was trying to read by that ancient Mm -hmm. passage. That God's the one that does it, He does it for healing, but He does it to shake His people up as well as to shake the world up and say, Wait a minute, what are you, what's serious here, what's real? Let's think about this. so
0: even what you're saying is even in the rebellion and some of the things that are the, the protests rebellion whatever it depends on where you're looking at it from of course um, that uh that oh. things that things are coming from um, the uh, God's doing God can or is doing something in the midst of that
1: Yeah, I believe that